Welcome to No Hype, the podcast about truth, science, and the future of marketing. Brought to you by your hosts, Allison Dietz and Brett House. Today on the podcast, we have David Schiffman. David works across iHeartMedia's diverse assets, including radio, streaming audio, podcasting, and live events. He delivers customized research, measurement, and optimization solutions to support iHeart's national clients and their partner agencies. David's expertise in understanding consumer behavior and his knowledge of the rapidly changing media landscape is instrumental in serving the needs of his clients and shaping new solutions for audio research. David, welcome to the No Hype Podcast. Hi, thanks very much, Allison. Really happy to be here and thanks for inviting me to join you today. Yeah. So today we are missing my esteemed co-host, Brett. He's traveling at the moment, but I'm so excited to speak with you too. Um, And in preparation for this podcast, I mean, no pressure at all. I learned that iHeartMedia is the largest publisher of podcasts. So obviously we've got some expertise here on the the podcast today. I found it really interesting. You know, eMarketer estimates that 126 million people in the U.S. listen to podcasts. And on average, adults listen to podcasts for an hour each day. You know, work is, is saying that consumers spend a third of their media time in total with audio. And yet most of what we talk about in the industry is digital, you know, desktop, mobile, and video. You know, why is audio such an important medium in our industry today? Yeah, it's a pretty incredible stat when, when you really step, yeah. step back and look at exactly. it. Over 30% of people's media time is with audio. I, I think at its core, it, that is suggesting how, how central it is to people's lives um, and, and, and how important it is and, and how much they get from it. All right. And I think that's that that's part of it. And, um, you know, when you think about broadcast radio, over 90 percent of people in the country use broadcast radio on a monthly basis. All right. And they're spending a considerable amount of time with that medium. Um, and then you look at streaming audio and all the time that people spend with streaming as well. And then you look at podcasts, as you were saying, you know, in, incredible growth there. Um Audio is, is core to people's lives. It's core to their world. It's, it's part of their daily routine. Um, it's how they connect with their community. It's how they connect with things that are of interest to them, whether it's music, whether it's news, whether it's, 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 it's kind of talk radio, or whether it's stories and deep information that they're getting from podcasts. And I think, I, I think part of the challenge sometimes is because it's such a core part of our day, and, and how we spend our time, it's almost forgotten sometimes. Like it's, it's there, it's, it's, it's always there. It's I'm listening, I'm hearing. Um, and it, it is a unique medium in that sense because you can listen and still do, do things. Um, and you can you know, really go in and dive into all the different kinds of content that you want that meets different needs. I think ultimately it's, it's, it's a real... Um, under-leveraged medium for advertisers, but a massively leveraged medium from cons- for consumers. So one of the things we're always looking at is how do we help educate? How do we help go to the marketplace and marketers and agencies and say, people don't spend a third of their media time with something that isn't compelling, important, central, and meaningful. Um, so we absolutely see that. And I think the other thing that we see in some, some you know recent research we've done is all the different ways that people use audio to meet different needs at different times of the day because of the things they want 
Do you have an example of that? I think that'd be really interesting to just, you know, hear a little bit more about that consumer behavior, right? Yeah. So, so look at, at radio for, for an example. Um, you know, it is sort of, sort of a little bit of a Swiss army knife in terms of what it does for people, right? It is, it is their connection to community. They have these incredible relationships with the stations they listen to, the on-air hosts, and and the personalities that they listen to and that they've grown up with and continue to listen listen to. It is music, it is discovery, it is news, it is information, it is all those things that people continue to go to and turn to. On the other side of the spectrum is you have podcasts, which is really about deep, immersive stories, storytelling, learning, education, and and, and kind of this you know, the way I always look at it is this mind expansion uh, kind of opportunity for people to listen and engage in the things that are really of interest to them. Um, so complementary, but very different. And then you sort of in the middle, you've got, you know, the streaming music, which is a little bit more about disconnecting. It's a little bit more, you know, lean back and, and you're kind of listening to things in a little bit more passive way. So, you know, three pillars of audio all used in different ways to meet different consumer needs, but in totality, all working together um, to drive massive, um, you know, uh, engagement in terms of how people listen, where they listen, and why they listen. You talked about all these different approaches and ways in which consumers engage with audio, and I think that that's really interesting. I also have to believe and and would assume that you that there's a lot of research on how audio has evolved in the last two to three years in light of the pandemic. You know, we've had others on the podcast related to out of home. And similarly, you know, radio and out of home kind of remind me of each other in that there was a lot of this time in the car where people were listening on their commute to work and then all of that stopped. Um, I guess I'm curious, how has consumer behavior changed um, as it relates to audio in the last couple of years? And and are there changes in consumer behavior that are here to stay? We've definitely seen shifts. Uh, there's no question. Um, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier, the growth in podcasts. It's it's just been incredible. And, and you see it. It's, it, you know, it's almost a straight line up. Um, and I think that was happening pre-pandemic, but it's continued, right? As people have wanted different kinds of long-form audio content. Um, and, and we see that growth across, you know, all, all major podcast categories. Um, and, and we definitely see that, you know, radio is, a, is, is been, um, you know, definitely, you know, early days of the pandemic, there was some impact as everyone was shut in and no longer sort of going out and, and being out on the roads. But what we've seen is this sort of reemergence and stabilization of listening, um, you know, across the board and, and radio continues to be a, a consistent an incredibly consistent vehicle in terms of, you know, people, people listening, people listening in the car, it is still the dominant medium and in, in the car. Um, and that I think just from an overall kind of behavioral perspective, what we've definitely seen as well. And, and I think this was, you know, uh, largely triggered by changes in terms of where people were and how people were sort of living their lives increased use of digital and connected devices for listening to audio. Um, you know, more streaming and whether that's AM, FM radio or just digital consumption of podcasts and those sorts of things. More time shifted listening that happens with content, um, you know, connected speakers, connected televisions, um, you know, mobile devices, all of those kinds of things that have continued to sort of ratchet up um, over the last couple of years, 
there's no sign of that slowing down. And, um, you know, as someone in research, I'm always curious about like, what are, what are the behaviors that people adopt and they abandon? And what are the behaviors that people adopt and say, wow, this is an amazing way to consume the things I want and that they keep. And I think the the digital consumption, the the podcast, the immersion um, in that kind of long form content is here to stay. And, you know, that, that I think is, it's a human truth. If you give people content that they're interested in, that they believe in, that is authentic and real and meaningful, they will find it across every platform that you make it available. Yeah, it's not a really big surprise. If you think about the changes that we've seen in TV over the last, you know, 10 years, it's the same kind of behavior, right? Of, you know, I used to sit down and watch a show when it came on TV. um, And then now, you know, almost no one does that anymore. Everything is, you know, on demand. And when you, when you want it, you're right. It's it's the stories that you want are interested in and the stories you want to hear when you want them. And I think that that's the behavior that audio has also been able to capture through, you know, the digital ecosystem and through, and through things like podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's a definite parallel there. Um, you know, it's funny. I always think about when my mom comes to visit, and and you know, my 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 mom is a little bit older than I am, obviously. Um, so she still she still has some of those old school video TV behaviors where she's like, "I'm going downstairs to the basement to watch my show," and my kids look at her like, "What do you mean you're doing that? You can watch it whenever you want." Yeah. You know, same, same kind of thing and same kind of idea. And it goes back, you were asking about like our, our industry focus on mm-hmm. video and, and digital and this kind of on-demand set. There's no question on-demand content is, is hugely important and a big part of what people want, what people do. There's, there's also a big world of um, content that is there and programmed for people that people really, really, really like. Um, yeah. You know, again, we continue to see that in the stability in our, in our radio audiences that is it is it is programmed content, and people go there because um, you know of the relationships and the engagement there. But um, so it is. It's it's this combination, I, I think, for sure. Well, let's we dive into the the more digitalized, the more on demand side of things. You know, I recently came across an article that said iHeartRadio has you know 161 million registered users and listening across 250 platforms and over you know 2,000 different connected devices. You know, that is a massive ecosystem. So, you know, what role does data and technology play in that expansion? We've continued to be focused on and, and evolve our business um, in terms of digital data and technology. Um, we've, we've been down that path for a while and we continue to push down that path. Um, it's, it's absolutely core to, to what we're doing as a company and it is core to what the marketplace is looking for. Um, so data is infused into how we think about our, our properties, our platforms, how we go to the marketplace in terms of being able to, um, leverage our first party data, whether it's from the broadcast world or the streaming world, or the podcast world, to enhance targeting, to target the right audiences, the right people across all of our platforms, uh, building technology to enable that across all of our platforms, um, and then putting things in place that allow us to leverage our first-party data as well as other data sets to measure um, everything that we do for our for our clients and, and and for our advertisers. So it really is it really is absolutely core, and it continues to be where we're seeing 
growth and where we see the opportunities um, and, and really sort of what I, I say, sort of digitizing our entire business and bringing technology into the core of how we operate um, has, has been, you know, a path we've been on and continue to, to, to drive towards. I think traditional broadcast has always been sort of seen as this mass reach tool, right? And one of the advantages of the newer audio formats is the ability to target, to be able to identify specific audiences. And I think there is some some role that contextual can play, I guess, you know, in the digital world we talk about in terms of contextual, but, you know, you know, certain types of people will probably listen to certain types of audio content. Um, but I think, you know, having access to that first party data just, you know, makes that much, it, that much richer, right? That much more ability to actually target. And then also to connect to, you know, the advertiser's data ecosystem, right? They have their own first party data that you want to match and to be able to sort of help them reach specific audiences that they're going after, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a, we've got an entire product uh, called Smart Audio, which is is really now a, a cross platform where we're able to work with our our advertisers and, and their agencies to understand who they want to target, be able to take whether it's you know third party data or client first party data, integrate that with ours, and be able to target across platforms. So in broadcast. Um, it's being able to, you know, leverage that first party registered user database, map that to broadcast to, to identify where those audiences are across our stations, markets, day parts, et cetera, mm-hmm. and be able to optimize the plan that way, um, which has been a, an incredibly important and powerful um, mechanism for us. And, and, you know, the proof is there. If you do better targeting, if you put the right message in front of the right people at the right time, you drive better results. And then on the digital side, being able to do that as well on a more one-to-one basis, but all in all singular set of, of sort of targeting strategies that can then pipe through and be delivered across all of our audiences, across all of our markets and all of our platforms. So we've been talking a lot about audio. I mean, obviously, iHeart has other channels as well. So what role does data play in other channels like events and gaming? You know, I think we're seeing a lot of opportunity there and a lot of focus there as well, a lot of growth. Look, it, events has been, um, you know, an amazing rebound, right? We, we, we all <laughs> Thank goodness, <laughs> right? <laughs> For all of us. You guys, but also just in general humans, I think we all needed that. Well, that's, and that's been the big, the, the, the big sort of insight there is people were just clamoring to get back to live events. But now that we've been able to go back, I mean, it's just been, uh, you know, incredible to see um, the response from, from our, our, our listeners and, and from the marketplace. And then, you know, we continue to use, use, use data and insights to, to sort of, you know, define what we do, how we do it, and then get back to, to the marketing community in terms of um, the impact and the success of, of, of their um, activations at our events, whether that's live and on the ground or social activations or all the things we do on air and across our platforms that, um, you know, revolves around some of our, our big tentpole events. You've been talking a lot about sort of connecting the dots between, you know, activation and, you know, targeting and um, all the work that advertisers are doing to reach their audiences and then also demonstrating that impact. Being able to link that together is is becoming more and more of a challenge for, across the industry, right? You know, with data deprecation and the changes in the ad ecosystem, you know, how how are how are you attacking those challenges at iHeart and how are you continuing and why is that still important? Why is that important 
um, for you and for your advertisers to ensure that you can help them make that connection. Yeah, you know, as as you say, the 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 world of of connecting data is is going to be getting increasingly challenging. Um, I think you know one of our our unique benefits is is all the first party data and the relationships we have with our consumers that mm-hmm. that give us access. Um, you know, I think we're we're continuing to evolve into you know more permission based and 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 um, again leveraging data in you know, privacy compliant and, and kind of the right, the right ways. So that's, you know, I think in, in many ways, some of that, some of what's going on works in our favor, given the way we interact with our, with our end consumers and and the access points that we have and the trusted relationships that we have. You know, I think it's, I, I think it's important like one-to-one targeting, uh, one-to-one measurement, is incredibly important, and 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 you know it's something that we're very very focused on. At the same time, brands need scale; they need reach, and they need to be able to bring those messages out to the masses, and then look at some things in aggregate to be able to understand how that's all all working. So we have the benefit of doing both of those things as well. Mm-hmm. All of that becomes very important, I think, in terms of balance approach, reach versus you know targeting, and then being able to close the loop on all of those. Uh, elements and pieces, um, and we're doing a lot of different things to be able to connect our, you know, campaign level data through to various analytic approaches and modeling and, and effectiveness solutions that really prove out the value and the effect that we're having for for advertisers. Yeah, I think it's it's it is becoming more challenging. But to your point, it's still such a critical way in which marketers and advertisers are trying to demonstrate the value. You know, I think you're right about sort of this aggregate view of understanding reach and, and scale. At the same time, understanding on a on a micro level, you know, how are certain campaigns performing, or how are certain act, activations performing, and what audiences are you reaching, and and how are you growing that audience base for your brand? I think that's you know that continues to be a critical. Uh, initiative and a critical focus for advertisers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting because you know one of the things as as an organization that I think is is unique about us, we are a true multi platform audio company. So it becomes really really important that we obviously live that um, and we leverage that, but that we map out ways to to tell that story. Right, understanding the audience opportunities and then how all the pieces work together. So there's a lot of things we're doing in terms of, of measurement using, you know, exposure level campaign specific data across broadcast, across streaming, across podcast to be able to understand how all those elements are working um, together, how they complement each other, how they complement other marketing channels as well. Um, and, you know, building, building the right data assets and the right partnerships in the marketplace to be able to do that. Right. I mean, we talk a lot on this podcast about identity, um, obviously, given our, our expertise. And I think um, I think that's one of those things that that's where it plays a role, right? Being able to create some sort of glue to stitch together all of those ad exposures and and to enable that. And, you know, being able to pull together your first party data um, in a way that allows you to make that connection, right, um, across the platforms. I think... It's interesting that we're talking so much about one-to-one measurement. I think audio in general, you know, it's for most people, you know, especially of my age group who who think about audio, it, you don't usually think about audio as being this one-to-one measurement or this one-to-one um, activation that we're talking about here. And it's 
it's interesting that that is such a core part of how you work with advertisers. You know, what advances in analytics and attribution have you seen in terms of audio and streaming in order to enable that? You know, we've talked a little about a little bit about that, but I'm kind of curious, you know, what what is what has it really enabled that? So I think one of the big myths, um, and I've been I've been in the organization for about six and a half years now, um, and have seen this come and go and kind of all, but I think one of the big myths or 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 lack of understanding is is audio is and has been just as measurable as other other media right it, it, it there's and there's no secret to that it's just people don't believe it and don't necessarily understand it so you know we're having a lot of those kind of conversations about you know you can measure radio in the same way that you can measure television against the same kind of metrics you can measure digital audio in the same way you can you can leverage all these data assets whether it's aggregated market level um, weekly data time based um, or you know, more individual exposure and aggregated exposure level data that you can feed into and provide the right kind of measure, measurement and metrics. So I think the first thing is getting everyone to understand that, yes, audio is measurable. <laughs> One, two, not only is audio measurable, but when you focus and you measure it, it performs incredibly well. We bring in new audiences, we extend reach, we put messages in front of and in the ears and heads and minds of people who trust the content, trust the advertising, want to hear, want to believe, and want to act, and they do. So I think one of the advancements is getting people to see and know and understand that it is all measurable. So you, you mentioned early on in this conversation about educating the industry. And so, you know, it sounds like measurement plays a pretty critical role in helping to enable that industry education, right? It absolutely does. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you hear it all the time, right? Proof of performance is, is critical. Understanding um, and being able to, to deconstruct the performance to understand, you know, the elements that are working and, and, and generate the insight around it to learn improve, optimize is, is super important. Um, it's also a really exciting area to, to live in and, and to be in because we're, we're, we're really breaking new ground that is, is uh, you know, critically important for, for marketers and, and their agencies and for small business all the way up to the biggest companies and organizations that are, you know, in, in the marketplace. Um, but yeah, part of it is, is, is helping people understand when you do it right, and when you have the right messaging, mm-hmm. the right plans, it, it it is it works, and we can measure it, and we can we can help you get smarter as you go as well. We've talked about you've said the word scale a few times, and I think one of the things that we talk to a lot of our advertisers about is is how do they how do they achieve scale, particularly in light of things like data deprecation and and challenges around being able to identify audiences in you know some in some areas of the ad ecosystem. And it sounds like audio is a, a great way for advertisers to achieve scale, right? Um, and proving out that value is is part of the role that you have in terms of the measurement side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we 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 look at you know how does audio work with or fit in with some of the other other channels, and let's say TV as an example or video because it is still a, a a big part of of the advertising world. I mean, we can and we've we've validated this with with Nielsen studies and and, and some other studies that radio, for example, can drive an 
incremental audience reach of 30 to 50% versus television alone. Wow. Right. So, so, so that, that means you are, you know, in the, in, in your TV buy, you are missing out on that. all these people. We're bringing yeah. all these new people in and we see similar kinds of things across all of our audio assets as well. Um, that become, you know, just sort of the first step in bringing new audiences in. And, you know, there's many schools of thought and many, many reports out there that say, you know, it, it is crucial that brands reach more people and scale their advertising to get more people to buy their product. You know? Are you so, mentioning Byron Sharp here on this call, on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We've done a lot of work with the MMA around growth models, and Byron is definitely a hot topic in, in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, how brands grow is, is you know, scale, is a, it plays a role in how brands grow, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I th- think that's interesting. We were talking a few minutes ago about, you mentioned being able to feed your data into uh, marketing mix modeling, multi-touch attribution. There's a ton of talk in the industry around how data deprecation is changing the face of marketing measurement. And in particularly, we talk about this a lot on the digital side, but um, the future of solutions like marketing mix modeling or multi-touch attribution or a hybrid of both. So, you know, most marketers today are looking at the tools in their toolkit and, and sort of thinking about when and where do you use each. Um, so I'm I, I would love to get your perspective, given your tenure in the industry and, and research background. You know, how should marketers evaluate these solutions? You know, especially in light of you know audio and, and the role that they might play in helping to manage and, and optimize your audio spend. Yeah, I, that's a great great question, and I, it, it, it's a it's a great line of thought. To be honest, uh, more broadly, um, like I've never believed that there is a a singular solution through which you can measure everything and learn everything. I think market mix modeling. When it's done well, when the data inputs are strong and comparable across um, everything that's being measured, I think it's a, it's a great solution and it, it puts everything on a level playing field in terms of how are different elements working. And, and, and I think ultimately market mix modeling tells you the efficiency of different media in terms of contribution, which is, which is incredibly important and it is a financial metric and it, it, is, it is really important. But then there are all these other kinds of ways to measure other marketing outcomes that are, I think, equally important as well. You know, whether that's brand kind of metrics and brand studies, uh, you know, we work with a lot of uh, marketers and I, I talk to and know a lot of marketers um, who have integrated that kind of data into their modeling work so that they're understanding brand effects, brand preference, and, and you know, lift and attributes and how those ladder into you know, sales effects and how those pieces all work together because that's what marketing does. It it changes how people feel, it changes how people think, and it gets them to do things. So being able to do that in the most compelling way. And then I think there's some of the more granular analytics, you know, whether it it, it is um, single channel, so exposures feeding into e-commerce measurement and pixel-based uh, kind of solutions there, or feeding into uh, multi-touch attribution models that start to provide views into how do different channels impact what people do and where they go through their journey. I think sometimes it's a miss to, to not be thinking about that kind of insight and that kind of learning and how the pieces all work together. Like I said, it's great to sort of get that cross-channel understanding of sales effect and, and sales efficiency, but you want to get smarter and better and understand it through a human lens. And I think that's where 
the more granular data can be really helpful. Um, understanding who is it impacting, where is it taking them, how do the component pieces work together? That that's got to be the goal of measurement. Um, you know, from from my perspective as well. Like we 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 want to understand what people do and how we trigger those responses and how they feel and where they go and what they do. And I think all of these pieces work together to be able to do that. And I think it, it really is essential. I agree. I think it doesn't sound like David is team MMM or team MTA. He's team hybrid, which I, I am as well. I think that, you know, there's so many different uh, measurement tools out there today. And in and, and the tenure you've had and tenure I've had, it's it's interesting to see how they all come together to tell a holistic story, right? I think that's where you know, the marketer's role is to is to take and, and to triangulate all those data points and to pull together a story and a plan for what they should do in order to drive more change, drive more conversion in the future. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. I I do have um, I have a question around sort of you know the future of audio. We've been mostly talking about audio, so I think you know hopefully you don't mind that. Um, but I think there's we've talked a little bit about the future of measurement and sort of what that measurement looks like. I'm curious about the future of audio because you know Gail was recent the CMO at iHeart um, was recently on the Ad Exchanger podcast and talked about how. Broadcast radio is one of the few places left where you get real unscripted human content. And we've sort of talked a little bit about that early on about, you know, programmed content and how, you know, it's real time and it's and it's it's real and authentic. Um, and I think that's truthfully a, very different from what you find in other media channels that you might find today. So, you know, what do you believe is the future of audio? You know, what is the future it holds for advertisers and what role does that unscripted authenticity play in its future? Sure. You know, I think Gail, Gail hit on something that's really important, right? It's the live, it's the human, it's the authentic, it's the trusted, and it is part of your daily routine that, you know, those are, those are human realities and human truths. And I think we live in a world where that becomes increasingly important, that level of connection with other people, shared experiences, hearing those voices, and, and being part of the community conversation. And, and, and I think that is... That is why, you know, radio in its current form will continue to have a really strong place in, in people's worlds and lives. You know, they may, they may listen to it more through digital modes and means, which we talked a little bit about before, but the compelling content and the relationships and what they get out of that, I think only becomes more important and more meaningful in the world we kind of live in. Um, so I think that's, that's part of it. You know, we were talking about it. Over thirty percent of people's time is of media time is now spent with audio. Um, podcast is still in growth mode, right? There are people who are still discovering it. There's still amazing content that is being developed, and um, you know that people's desire for long form stories and learning and education. Again, I think I think there's a there's a real need that people have for that. And, and, and that's why people are going there and that's why people, people continue to go there. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, s- streaming and, and sort of music, music is, has always been part of, you know, humanity. Um, yeah, exactly. I think what we're going to see is, um, I think we're going to see consumption continue to grow. And I think, you know, the same way we've seen over the last few years, people start to adopt new technologies, new devices and new ways to consume the content that is meaningful to them. Um, 
And, and, and I think that will just continue to sort of happen. We have a lot of people who will, who will download um, content from a radio show, you know, sort of podcast world, because that's how they now want to consume it. Mm-hmm. That's just fueling the growth. The amount of audio consumption that is happening is substantial. Right. Right. I don't go anywhere without a podcast. You know, I'm walking the dog and I have a podcast. I think everyone does nowadays where it's just, it's, it's that multitasking behavior that you now see, you know, a lot of times we talk about on television, right? You know, somebody's got their phone up while they're watching a show. That's always been there as when it relates to audio, you've always been driving and listening to the radio or, you know, listening to music while you're running. Those things have always been part of our lives, that multitasking behavior. And it, it makes it that much easier to consume that content because you're doing it while you're doing other things, but it's a part of, it's embedded in our lives to your point. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I do think that there's, there's that sort of, let's call it underlying psychology, but, but this growth in, in, in kind of voice and listening and those sorts of things that are a, um, I want to go way deep into, into the psychology of, of sound, but, um, there's something very interesting there that is very different that is, again, I think is very, very human that, you know, we'll continue to sort of drive that and, and, and that we will adopt it and, and see the growth, uh, in, in use and by, by listeners and consumers as well as I think from the marketing community. Right. So the access and the ways in which you access may change, but the, the medium and the content and the stories and the, and the music will, will remain the same. Mm-hmm. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to talk to you, to learn a little bit more about, you know, your your experience and, and the world of audio. So I just want to say thank you and, um, and appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Great to meet you. And I've really enjoyed uh, our conversation. So thanks again. Okay. Thank you.